Hello and welcome to the 40th episode of the Staying Up Late podcast. I am Jack Young and with me is my co-host, Callum Gray. It's great to be back, Joe. You're Jack. I'm somewhat accidentally. Can't even remember my name. Yeah, it just shows the level of respect I have for you. But, um, you know, it's great to be back on the show, Jack. As you know, we've received some complaints about my, uh, you know, my lack of appearing on the past few episodes and, you know, we've made an effort to, to remedy this. The, the thing I find so funny about when people mention to you not being on the podcast <laughs> is I feel like it's always a bit like, oh, like, Callum, are you being shafted from the podcast? <laughs> yeah. When in reality, it's literally just, I asked Callum to come on the podcast and he's like, oh, no, I'm busy that day. <laughs> yeah, this isn't some sort of internal power play where I'm being, uh, you know, there's no, there's no politicking going on to push me out of the out of the staying up late circle. I wish that it was popular enough that I could betray people uh, in like a visible way on the yeah. internet. That would be, that's my aspiration. I you just want to have, like your goal in life is to have drama with some other person who's on the internet. Yeah. And, and like, people will have Twitter wars about your drama. And there's like, there's like Reddit forums yeah. that specifically dedicated like, to No, no, shit. no, no. You guys are being really unreasonable. <laughs> Clearly Jack's the one in the right here. <laughs> it's actually weird, like how often that particular pattern has played out and specifically i feel like it has to be a an internet community that is like big but not that big well it happens i mean there was that really big thing recently about like this big i don't follow yeah i don't follow beauty youtubers at all so i don't really know who any of these people are but i like heard you know like big like news outlets like i think i saw probably something on like the new york times or something like that yeah well like you know having articles about this like massive makeup war you know between like I can't really remember what it was about. And I like, obviously you get that kind of stuff between like actual celebrities, like just normal celebrities. Like it wasn't that like Taylor Swift and Katy Perry were like oh, yeah, they beefing or something. Yeah. I can't really remember now. Well, I don't remember. A, a, a lot of Taylor Swift songs just her throwing shade at people. That she I mean, it's probably quite a smart, with. I would have thought it's quite a smart like marketing tactic. Cause yeah. if you have this beef and it gets covered by the media, that's just like free marketing. Well, I guess like, I hate to always, and when I say I hate to, I mean I absolutely love to bring <laughs> everything back to Love Island. Okay, but yeah. really, we're just like we're just coded to love the drama, you know. Yeah. Love seeing people sort of like fall out and yeah. betray each other. Yeah. And all it really is is it's just converting things that are otherwise not concerned with specifically that <laughs> drama, like whether that be you know beauty YouTube, beauty YouTube, like I don't know, like video game journalism, yeah. or like like making pop music yeah and then it, and it but then it begins to like slowly focus on like the, the different personalities beats. yeah well, i do think our media environment has become like well, i think it has become more personality based in a way that maybe lends itself more to that kind of interpersonal beefing like if you think about like if you think about say video game like you know video games these days most of the time you'll like follow specific you know games journalists who you might you know, if you think about like kind of funny or like Giant Bob and was kind of you could say to kind of pioneer this a bit, it's like very much personality focused, yeah. Like coverage where it's more you're just seeing what like this bunch of guys think about a game, but it could be beauty YouTube, it could be lots of different, it could be politics, Actually, it could be lots of different. Increasingly, we're not with social media people, as well. We're not following people in majority because of the the quality of their content so much as their like personality. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, that's probably true. Whereas, like, if you think about say, you know, even like if you went to like IGN, say. 15 years ago I don't think you would have like there would have been particular reviewers you really liked and listened to their opinions because you know podcasts things like that weren't really a, f- a thing so you wouldn't hear their voice so yeah. you wouldn't like follow them on Twitter or something like that you would just like read their reviews every now and then the thing I actually find interesting though is like I feel like I'm not a part of this like 
I'm not sure what you would call it, this like global community that like focuses on people in these ways. Does that does that make sense? Like I'm not like because I don't use Twitter ever. Yeah. Not, and I don't look at Twitter. Yeah. I don't read like news websites. Uh, and I don't watch the news because yeah. I, I honestly just find it like quite depressing and i also just think it's sensationalized to the point where it's not actually all that useful yeah um i do occasionally it is quite fun it's funny if like if you like get caught up in overseas news and you just like watch you know like one news in new zealand and like the top story is just like i don't know something really like oh the seals in kokora aren't there in as many numbers as they usually are got like some something really dumb like that is always like there's there's something like quite like um charming about it yeah yeah. Yeah. no absolutely but like, do you find, are you, how dialed up into this sort of, like, uh, news network, even, like, I guess the term, like, culture war? Oh, uh, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I'm not on Twitter, so that's, I feel like if you, I do used you to be on. Though? No, not really. I mean, I, I used to, like, have a Twitter account, yeah. and I used to look, check it, although I never really post anything, because, like, you know. But I, I in, in the end, I deleted it, because I especially found myself, like, it's very easy to get, particularly with like American politics, I can find it easy to get like too tied up and too invested in it when like it can seem important because obviously America is a big country so its politics are going to matter more than say New Zealand politics. But in terms of how much it affects actually my life, it doesn't affect it at all really. Yeah. Like maybe in the most kind of indirect ways whereas like New Zealand, you know, whereas like, I don't know, stuff in New Zealand at least does even if it's more low scale and a bit less, you know, eye-catching say well I, I i think that the reason that people are into politics is not because like the the guys under which most people are into politics is like you know this is incredibly important and i'm not i'm not mean like intending to sort of like slight activism yeah like it's perfectly valid but i i i think the main reason that people are into politics is they're like oh it's really important you know we have to yeah. hash these issues well, out I was, I was talking- but in reality i think they just it's it's a hobby, right? Like it's yeah, recreational. Yeah, that is that's kind of true. I was also thinking I was talking to my brother about this, and especially you find the way that a lot of I think politics get gets covered, and I'm not sure that this is necessarily. I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing, but this is just the reality of it. Is it's actually quite similar to sports. Yeah. Because a lot of it comes down to like predicting, oh, who's going to win? You know, what are the factors? In the same way that you might read, say, you know, there's a cricket world cup on at the moment. I might read like a preview article for like these two matches, and we'll talk about the different players and how they're gonna you know how they're gonna play against each other and it's like oh who's gonna win who's gonna win that's often quite similar to how a lot of politics gets covered because you know people you know because political coverage obviously spikes when there's an election on mm. you know that's when interest is at its peak but um yeah a lot of the way it's covered is very much in a sort of like who's gonna win way did you did you watch the dnc debates i saw i know i didn't i i saw I saw some clips from it. I saw, did you see those? The one thing that was so funny was like this chick or this woman, Marianne Williams or something like that. Anyway, she's like a, she's one of those like spiritualist type people. She's like, you know, got like nothing in the polls, but she somehow managed to get, she must have gotten like half a percentage point. Well, there's, there's enough, so many people yeah, in, those, enough, de- in those two debates. Yeah, it's that, enough yeah. to get her on like the debate. And anyway, and then someone asked her what her first thing she'd do as president is. Yeah. And then she said, I would call... I recently heard the um, Prime Minister of New Zealand say that she wants to make New Zealand the best place in the world to raise a child. And I would ring her up and say, girl, you are so on, but the United States of America is the best place on earth to raise a child. Jesus. <laughs> it's, it's, it's honestly perplexing some people that actually get into the political yeah. sphere. Who was the... Uh... Apparently she's like real... In, the, in this like, you know, like people are like spiritualist. Mm. She's like a real like pioneer of that field. And like Gwyneth Paltrow apparently like says she's like a real hero of hers. 
Oh, really? Yeah. When an outro is backing you, you're, that, that's really a pretty dodgy uh, yeah. place to be. I, I was watching this uh, this uh, Netflix cooking show called Chef the other day, and yeah. Gwyneth Paltrow like guests on it. Oh, really? And I was sort of like, because I've heard so much about Gwyneth Paltrow being like sort of like kind of just a very very like spiritual, basically earhead. Yeah. And, like, and, yeah. She's her like her, she has like a blog which sells stuff, and she likes it. I think she makes like that's like mostly what she does. That's now. Her, she's like, not. Income, yeah. She's like not that. She doesn't appear in that many movies anymore. Yeah, and I was just like, what everything that I was like while I was watching her, I was like doing it through the lens of like, are you crazy? Like trying to trying to figure. <laughs> well, I remember, out. but she didn't say anything. I, back yeah, I remember off. there was a thing like a few years ago that got a lot of like media criticism where she was like, um, she was like, oh, this is what you can. This is all that you know, like you can afford if you're on food stamps, which I think is like a type of welfare they have in America. Yeah. And um, I mean, like whatever you can criticize food stamps for being too low, but then like the the things which she bought, it was like avocados, like it was like you know, there was hardly any food, but then all the stuff she bought was like have avocados, lime, like a bunch of different herbs, and it's like. The kind of stuff which people who are living on welfare are definitely not going... It's like, literally the most about the most expensive, you know, stuff you could possibly buy. That's great. Um, uh, it's pretty ridiculous. Yeah, so we've been just a little bit about me and Callum's life recently. We've been getting into the musical Cats. Yeah. Which is uh, uh, one of the strangest things I've ever seen. Yeah, it is really good. I would definitely recommend checking out, because like Andrew Lloyd Webber is the guy who writes it. He's done like heaps of musicals, and I've listened to it. Like, he does Jesus Christ Superstar, Phantom of the Opera... Uh, a bunch of other really famous ones, but yeah, they're definitely worth. It's kind of interesting if you listen to some of his other ones. I know it's watching Cat, like it kind of sound. It's kind of similar in the same way that if after you watch Hamilton, if you watch like some of the older Lin Manuel yeah, yeah, Miranda yeah. things, you can you hear can, it. You can like hear the it's the same person yeah. who's who's written it, and it's kind of similar with that. I find it's like it's like developing across time. It's such a weird. The thing is, is like when we watch Cats, it's like. It's nonsensical. I, I enjoyed that's it. That's what I like about it. It's, I, I enjoyed it, but I like, didn't really know what was actually going on in like the plot. No. Like I was like, oh, okay, here, there just seemed to be. Seemed like every song was just introducing a yeah. new weird cat. Yeah. The, 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 the one one of the things I find the weirdest, and I know that our flatmate Halon thought it was weird as well, is there's a song called Memory, yeah. which is like, you know the song when yeah. you hear it, like it's like a, a famous, famous song. song. Yeah. And it's like, but it's from Cats, and Cats is like, like a famous song being from a musical is like. Not that, that uncommon. That is not that uncommon or weird, but what Cats is, is so fucking surreal yeah. that it's just perplexing that any of it could go mainstream. I, I'm really curious. So there's a, later on, it's coming out like December this year, I think, end of the year. They're doing like a big budget Cats it's movie. It's got like Stephen Fry in it. Yeah, it's got, no, it's got a lot of famous people. It's got like a, yeah, Taylor Swift. Um, I can't remember who the other leads were, but a lot of famous, it's directed by Tom Hooper, who's the guy who did like, he did Les Mis. I, I just movie. wonder if they're gonna will they do it in the yeah that's what I thought because I was on thinking on stage style or? Well, I assume it's not gonna be like literally on stage but my thing is is it gonna be live action or is it gonna be because I was thinking they could do it animated I guess and you yeah. can presumably do the same songs but like I would much rather it's like them in cat makeup dressed up yeah because like be that's cool. what though I would like something it would be cool if they just emulated the normal cats musical but. Having a slightly different choreography is interesting. Choreography, I start as imagine, going to be like different. Oh yeah, because the the mainstream actors who are obviously very talented actors, well, Taylor Swift isn't, but like they're not going to be capable of dancing in the way that the Cats musical people do, because like it's literally insane. They're acrobatics, like they're they're all gymnasts, clearly. Yeah. Um, 
It's it's just it's great. So like the level of the level of skill that those people have, like it would actually be like imagine seeing that like going into that cat's musical and you didn't know anything about it. You, you know what I just I that's how I feel about so many musicals though because I've just been getting into musicals yeah recently I've always sort of like written them off and now I realise that I fucking love them yeah but um, have you seen very many like movie musicals like not adaptations of because uh, it's worth I, I would recommend like Grease and like yeah Disney and like because I've seen because they used to make a, the thing is they used to make a lot of them but they just don't really like they haven't when I say they don't make them anymore they like, haven't really made them since like the mid 60s yeah but if you think about like like in the fifties, like because I've seen a few. I've seen, well, I've seen like the Sound of Music and um, uh, Singing in the Rain, which is actually really like a lot of the dancing in that is super impressive. Yeah, a lot of like tap dancing, you know. Yeah, I should definitely get around to watching. Singing and a lot of those. Are old I've never 50s, seen the Sound of Music either. Okay, so I should probably. I actually, I'm not sure if I've seen that. I think I've seen like most of it on TV a couple of times. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's quite striking as well, just how capable Disney are at putting out really high quality animated musicals. Yeah, because they're so consistent. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm curious because you've seen the new The Lion King comes out like this year, doesn't it? Uh yeah. I'm kind of I'm I'm I'll probably I didn't go see Aladdin. I think the casting is so good in it that it has me excited in a way that I wouldn't usually be because I went and saw Aladdin. Yeah, and that was like that was like <laughs> I thoroughly enjoyed it, but it was kind of shit. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. I would I'd like recommend it if like because I don't go into I think that there's. Uh, there's probably two different types of people in the world, right? Yeah. There's people who go into movies not wanting to like them, or at least being like, "You have to, you have to really like, like make a... me like like yeah, this." Yeah, yeah. Whereas I go into every movie being like, "If I'm going to give up two hours of my life, I want to." Well, get like you'll out find of this. you'll find the enjoyment. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's fair enough. Now I remember. Um, I'm kind of curious about the Lion King one. I, I was kind of, I didn't realize this, but I remember like when I started. I was like reading about the like Disney Renaissance movies from the nineties, yeah. And even though like the Lion King, I feel like is the one I certainly saw the most when I was a kid, yeah. And like I feel like is the one at least people of our generation seem to have the most like affinity for. Mm. But actually, when it came to like the reviews of when it came out, it actually got like I was just like reading it, like didn't get as good reviews as like Beauty and the Beast or Aladdin or Little oh, really? Mermaid, yeah. Oh, that's crazy. But it's like, I assume it must have made the most money. I know Beauty you, and the Beast. If you look is up, if you look up the list. lists, it's always Beauty and the Beast at the top. It's Beauty and the Beast, Lion King, and uh, Aladdin are always like the top three. Yeah, have you seen? Have you seen many? Because I've seen that. I've seen the Little Mermaid, but I've never seen like I've seen Mulan. I haven't seen Pocahontas. I ha- I've, I think I've seen basically them all when I was younger. Oh, okay. I watched Sleeping Beauty recently, and that's like well, that's like, like a that's quite a lot older though, right? Yeah, it's very like. Sleeping Beauty is like hella Jordan Peterson in the sense that it's like it's like oh it's like a metaphor for like the like the tale of humanity like yeah. it's pretty ridiculous okay. anyway uh, so what's been keeping you up at night well Jack tell me it's funny that you should bring up the topic of musicals because my question actually relates to musicals Ooh, and it's pretty who would have thought if you could see so my question to you is Jack yeah, if uh, you could see any movie turned into a musical oh shit what would your pick be? Well, Movie, yeah. I mean, just like, Star Wars. Surely it would just have to be Star Wars. Like, yeah. Like imagine, uh, this is gonna get fucking nerdy. I feel like surely How? someone's made a Star. Wars. I feel like someone oh, must it, have made it. That. It, it would have happened, but then like, okay, so there's a there's a problem there in the sense that if you're like a mega Star Wars fan like me, yeah. then people get very serious about the concept of canon, right? Yeah. So that's this idea that in a fictional universe, if something happened which is a very weird concept yeah but something actually happened in this fictional uh like 
realm, yeah. then it's canon, right? So yeah. in Star Wars, everything that happened before Disney bought it outside of the main movies and like a television series are all not canon, right? Yeah, yeah, so yeah. there's stories about what happened in that world which are no longer considered to be what actually happened in that yeah, world, yeah. which is obviously very odd. If you had a musical, it couldn't be canon because yeah. obviously it would break the it would law, be, laws of the world. Because you, you the presumably be started. adapting like, the movies that have already happened into the musical, yeah. right? Because, uh-huh. I mean... You, I know, you know what you could do? You know what you could do? Okay, this is... I just had the greatest idea. Right? Okay. A musical put on by characters... A musical within the Star Wars music universe, right? Like, presumably, in the Star Wars universe... Uh, Star Wars characters have musicals. I'm sure they figured out that. Yeah, 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 yeah. And they just put one on because then it could be about oh, Star Wars. Oh, so it's a bit like better. so. Yeah, so it could be like that. Uh, you know that episode of Avatar: The Last Airbender. Yeah, exactly. At the very end, where they go see a play that's like made about the events of the earlier seasons. Exactly, but like really like proper musical quality. But it's just within. Can I just that say, uh, as a brief aside, that episode of Avatar: The Last Airbender. Where they do, yeah, it's really because it's it's very it's actually quite controversial among the fans. A lot of the fans like really don't like that episode. Oh, why not? I don't know because they think it's like I don't really know why. Just they think it's like overly fan servicey or it's like you know making light of the earlier seasons of the show. But I think it's really good because it's like it's because it's like the last episode before the finale bit, mm. right? And um, and it's a really good recap. So you like going into the finale, you have a recap of everything that's happened in the show. Plus, it's really funny. Plus, it like makes shows the show making fun of itself, so it kind of shows them having a sense of. I just think it's a great episode. Yeah, but um, because I was thinking, surely there's like some fan musical that someone's made. Oh, like absolutely. Like, there's but no then, way that. But hasn't then obviously, happened. the question is like, in order to make a good musical, you need so much fucking talent. It's yeah, it's ridiculous, and you need a lot of. Like yeah, you need like money and talent. That, that's like, what I like. That's what I like so much about musicals. Discovering this medium, the reason they appeal to me so much is because when it comes together, you're watching them on stage and you're like, I can't believe this. Yeah, I can't believe that someone is this clever, you know, and yeah. has coordinated this well with this many other it's talented. Like, I often people. think about like the choreography. Like that must like whoever the choreographer is. For watching Cats yesterday, whoever was the choreographer for that was like a genius. Yeah, like I was looking up the. I was just reading about Cats on Wikipedia and I had like a photo of like a high school production of Cats and the idea that like I think it was like a high school in India so it was probably quite a big one maybe it was quite a big high school I don't know yeah. but um the idea that like I assume that's not going to be obviously of the same caliber as like the film version we watched <laughs> but like my, my I think my high school even though they did like a play every year the plays would have songs in them occasionally but they weren't musicals because yeah. like the idea of putting on a musical strikes me as like a much more difficult Oh, absolutely. Like, thing than just putting on a regular play, because you need all those well, people you, singing and Especially dancing. if you're doing them like, high school, you need the kids to be able to, like, sing well, which is... Yeah. But I do remember, people did do musicals in high school, but yeah. they are probably just, like, really of bad. questionable quality. What about you? Like, what what do you, what would you like to see a dance? I'm not sure. I mean, it's kind of interesting that this... This is actually a bit of a thing that happens. Like, for example, I, I went to a... I went in, probably a couple of years ago, in Christchurch with my mum. I went to Legally Blonde, the musical. Yeah. So, like, obviously this is a thing that people have done before. And that was, I have to say, that, I mean, that was just, like, a the court theatre. It's actually supposed to be quite a good one. Yeah, no, it was actually, I was actually kind of, like, really surprised by how good it was. Like, obviously the choreography and stuff wasn't as impressive as, like, when you watch, you know, Cats. Like, yeah. what we watched last night. But it was still pretty good. And, like, the songs were pretty catchy. I feel like there's something about musical songs that they're often really catchy. Yeah. No, I agree with that. Um, 
Well, the, like it's good music, it's good dancing, it's yeah. good acting. Is usually all, all three of those. I mean, yeah, I guess Star Wars. I, I guess it's the idea of the triple three. Yeah, that they talk about in like Broadway and Hollywood. Is like yeah, I was reading about. Three. I can't remember who it was. Maybe it was Andrew Lloyd Webber. I was just reading his Wikipedia page, but he was the only person. It was either him or someone else. But anyway, he did musicals and he won a, an Emmy, a Grammy, and he won like three it wasn't all four because you know there's like an egon it's like emmy grammy oscar tony yeah he won three of them definitely a tony definitely a grammy yeah and i think maybe an oscar as well or either an oscar or an emmy and he won all three in the same year just for like a song that was in a musical because it just did so well that the song was then it's crazy yeah like, I, I, won, I, I won a grammy and then it won as like a for being used in a movie or something like that does it it's, it's pretty often because if you look at who's won that EGOT thing, it's almost always people who are involved in. It's usually musicians mm. because they'll oh, write course, a song yeah. that'll get used. It's like you often things. actually hear like someone like this person has an Oscar, and you're yeah. like, what? That person's got an Oscar, and it's because it's like, like the guy from Flight, music. Like, it's like guy from Flight of the Conchords, like Brett McKenzie. Yeah, he's got an Oscar because yeah. he won it for that the song in the Muppets. It's a good song though. Yeah, it is a good song. Like, how do you deal though? How do you grapple with this idea? This is what I find really difficult. Is some people it's like the one percent of the one percent of the one percent are just so much more driven and talented and capable than the rest of us and that's what that's why like art is it's just reached such a is the word zenith yeah in like the 21st century that like consistently stuff comes out that is of such a high quality that it, it's sort of like mind-boggling at least in my experience i'm obviously a person who watches like a lot of tv well, I was I was I was reading this recently. Apparently, like I feel like with like you know like uh, like premium drama, you know that kind of what you think when you hear those words. It's like it's 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 such it's reached like this point of almost oversaturation now. Where I reckon I, I it might surprise me if we stop seeing and I don't mean like good TV shows, but like there are obviously lots of different kinds of good TV shows. But there's like a certain kind of like prestige, yeah, you know, oh, yeah. like good, you know, like Mad Men or The Sopranos or The Wire or like one of those. HBO kind of or like Chernobyl yeah. you know they're kind of like prestige obviously there are lots of kinds of TV shows which are really good but they don't fall into that yeah, category of like a prestige that's just not like the kind of form they're working in but like I feel like we've reached a point now though where there are just so many of those like prestige sort of dramas that like I don't know who could be bothered watching them all because it's like not even a thing like I'm sure if I had the time but it's like you don't want to watch that many of that kind of show do you know what I mean oh I, it's my favourite though I, I, like, cause I find that they can take a bit of like effort to get into like if it's a good show and obviously once you're into it it's fine but like I don't know I just like I'm not that captured by like a lot of stuff that they just like chuck on Netflix like the, what's usually in like the trending category is like usually I'll, I'll give it an episode or two and then I'm just like oh it's kind of a bit rubbish. Yeah. You know, like... Oh, I think a lot of... I feel like I'm not getting that much out of it for what I'm I'm of the opinion that Netflix originals, on average... Like, there are, there are definitely a handful. There are definitely some standout shows. Like, Sex Education is really good. That's yeah. probably the best one I've watched, in my opinion. And, but Sex on Education's the, really good. You yeah, don't check that out. But, um... On the whole, I think most of them are, like, a bit average. Yeah, I think that's probably fair. What I really like... Like, they're never and, bad. They're just kind of average. I really like their, like, movie rom-coms. Which yeah, are, like, like, not that good. But, like, they're just, like... They appear and it's like, oh, I'll watch that tonight. That that, it's fun. kind of funny that, like, the rom-com as a genre yeah. is, like, a movie that's kind of, like, I feel like just migrated over to Netflix. Which breaks my fucking heart because that's, like, it's actually probably my favourite genre because it's kind of so agree. lame that it's just, there's, I'll always be in the mood to watch a rom-com, but I won't always be in the mood to watch, like, a drama. Yeah. Does that make sense? Or an action Well, movie. I feel like a rom-com, it's a good... Th- 
I feel like a rom-com can be reason it's like a classic it's like a genre of movies that even like the okay ones are always at least pretty enjoyable yeah you know what I mean like because I feel like there are not there are very few rom-coms that people would call like incredible movies yeah. you know and I also feel like a movie can be ro- a romance movie with comedy bits in it but I don't really think of it as a rom like for example I guess technically like Annie Hall or like a lot of say like um, Woody Allen movies it technically qualifies rom-coms because they are comedies and there is romance in them but like you never not, you they, wouldn't think of them as a rom-com feel, yeah because yeah, you think of a rom-com it's like something that's like kind of a little bit paint by the numbers but that's kind of half the appeal yeah exactly like for example when Harry Met Sally yeah heralded by many to be like one of, if not for the greatest rom-com of all time. But that still fits into that, like, quite basic structure quite neatly. Yeah. You know, like, it's not trying to push the barriers, but what it does within those barriers is just, it's so I I, enjoyable. I might, I might go back, I think, and watch, because I recently saw something the other day, I saw the, the new movie Met Yesterday, which is the new, um, it's like a, it's like a rom-com about, not as much of a rom-com, because the ro- ro- romance isn't, like the central focus in the way that it is in most romance movies or rom-com movies but um anyway it's about a guy who wakes up and he can only remember all the Beatles songs so he starts passing them off for himself and gets real famous but anyway it's directed by Richard Curtis who's done like a bunch of did like Love Actually yeah About Time Notting Hill Five Weddings and a Funeral and I think I might go back they're all really good yeah because I haven't seen Notting Hill or Five Weddings and a Funeral Notting Hill's really good especially early I'm a big fan of like 90 honestly just actually or Hugh Grant. I'm a big. I, yeah, I fucking Hugh write. Man, man. I fucking write Hugh Grant. Like he, honestly, for I remember a lot of people saying that like he should have been nominated for best supporting actor for Paddington Two, and he legitimately should have been because he is so funny in that movie. Yeah, and he like makes fun of. It's like it's real good because like his whole character is kind of making fun of his himself. Persona. Yeah. yeah. What what I would actually say like twisting your question a little bit is yeah. what you also sometimes seen see as like a band or artist's work. Someone is just like, fuck it, I'll make a musical out of like, uh, you know, like, I'm trying to think of an example. Well, there's like Mamma Mia. Yeah, Mamma Mia, for example. Abba's music is just like basically sort of somebody has just figured a way to like jam it into a musical. Yeah, yeah. And it's good. Um, well, the thing is, so I'd like to see, I'd like to see like the Beatles that or like Fleetwood. There, there is a Beatles oh, movie is it like good? that. I don't really. Uh, well, I'd like to see a good so one. So here's so my, my opinion on that movie is that it's not as like I think I like about Mamma Mia, the both Mamma Mia movies, and also like Sunshine on. So I also watched this movie Sunshine, Sunshine on Lee, Lee, good, which yeah. uses the move, move music of the Proclaimers, which is quite impressive because I enjoyed that a lot and I only knew about three of the songs going in. But um, the thing about the Beatles movie is it's like it doesn't. I think it takes itself too seriously. Yeah. And the thing about that kind of movie is that it's all because it's always going to be so silly because whenever you try and jam a bunch of music which wasn't meant to, like, carry a narrative into a narrative, it's not really going to make... It's never going to make that much sense. So, like, the best thing you can do is, like, in my opinion, what the Mamma Mia movies do, which is, like, Take yeah, this is incredibly like, stupid. Like, like the, okay. The moment at the end of Mamma Mia 2 when the the guy from <laughs> years previously is called Fernando and yeah. just starts doing Fernando and it's clearly so forced that yeah. it's, like, hilarious. Yeah. Yeah, but I'd love... I'd love to... If someone made, like, a, a really good Beatles one, yeah. that'd be fucking sick. Or, uh, like, Fleetwood Mac 2. Yeah, I... I the, I love fucking Mamma Mia 2. Such a good... Oh, I love Mamma Mia 2. I, I, think I it's like actually, it more than the Yeah, because the thing one, is, yeah. it's kind of weird as well, because like the first one uses most of the famous ABBA songs. Yeah. But like Mamma Mia 2, even though it's got like fewer really famous songs in it, I think it's a better movie. Also, admittedly, we're a little bit biased, because Lily <laughs> James is objectively <laughs> the most beautiful woman on the planet. Yeah, it's hard to argue with. Uh, are, are you going to lock something in? Um... 
I don't know, maybe... I mean, I, get, I, I would like probably... I'd probably just go Star Wars as well. Yeah. It's kind of a boring answer. It'd be really cool, though. Maybe, like... I'm curious to see something like a Lord of the Rings. I'm sure... <laughs> look, the thing is, like, within our lifetime, I'm sure there will be some, like, kind of... Like, maybe I'm not if, saying Star Wars specifically, if, if, but... if Disney movies start, like, stop making much money, so they feel like they really need to, uh... If they, if they just made, like, an animated Star Wars Disney movie, like, re- like a real, just normal Disney movie, but it's Star Wars, that'd be fucking sick. I, I'd watch that, yeah. So, yeah, I'll go Star Wars as well. Bit of a safe answer, but yeah, I'll go for this. Uh, okay, so, what's been keeping me up at night, uh, Callum? Take it in a slightly different direction, a little bit more serious, but at the same time, you know, not, too, not too serious. We don't get too serious yeah. here on the Sting Up Late podcast. Everyone's speaking <laughs> of just a late dialogue. Uh, I was just wondering... What would the world be like if tomorrow I'm not gonna I'm not gonna explain how this happens, mm-hmm. but tomorrow social media just gone. The internet still exists, but you, you can't you can email. Yeah. But besides that, you're not you don't use you don't use the internet for the purposes of like socializing in any like meaningful way. How would that affect people? I think that there would be a lot of people who just would not know what to do with themselves. I mean it would be interesting there would be a whole I mean there'd definitely I mean there'd be people who's like if you want to get serious, like whose careers would end. Yeah. But I also think it would profoundly change because I mean, like, when I was talking earlier about like uh, talking earlier about um, about how like a lot of our you know media is more sort of personality driven mm. than it, than it say used to be. Even like you know you have columnists who if you go on like a news website they'll be columnists and it's always got their picture next to it and like they're them on Twitter. So people try and build personal brands around everything. Yeah. But I think it would like quite profoundly change like how media works, if that makes sense. Like, in... Like in I mean, there, there's lots of people who, whose jobs would literally be destroyed, like the kind of people who go on Love Island. Mm. But, um... How about... Okay, so, like, obviously you're going to have... I don't want to say that's necessarily a negative ca- change, ca- but it would change. Careers ending. But what about your average person? Your average person in a first world country it would who be, is on, I mean, their, on their phone for four hours a day. Yeah, which is... Well, I think that's about... I, I, think, I think it's a bit less than that. But it's yeah, like it's a three, lot. three hours, yeah, 20 minutes or something. Yeah, yeah it's, yeah, it's around there. And um, I don't know. I mean, I guess a lot of people would just like, they wouldn't really know what to do. I mean, it's so weird because like you form so much habits around it as well. That like, you know, I try and I try to like consciously break that. But like, you know, when I was just using it, that's why like I don't have the social media apps on my phone, which is, you know, I think is generally a reasonably good idea. Yeah. But like you form habits around like a lot of, like, a lot of people when they get up first thing in the morning, it's like you check you know, check Facebook or whatever. And like, I used to do that for years. It's kind do, of... do you th- feel like there would be this sort of like collective, like existential question where people would be like, shit, I had this thing and it was so important to my life. Now I can't have it. And I have to sort of like, I have to sort of grapple with why was I doing it? What was it giving me? What do I do now? I feel like it would like make people to some extent wake up and, Make the sheep all wake with, up. With, with Sam Harris. <laughs> um, I mean, obviously, if something like this happened, it would be literally mental. So, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, it's no surprise that the, the ramifications would be extreme. But, like, I think that it would just have the capacity to make people who would otherwise not think about, like, the effects of their everyday actions on their I life remember, think about that. I remember reading... I read this, this thing on social media use. It's kind of interesting. Like, you often see people say that, like social media use is associated with you know like higher rates of calling themselves lonely or depression or whatever yeah. like that mm-hmm. but apparently so apparently what, what the basically the research says yeah. i've read is that like on social media there are lots of individual aspects of 
social media that are associated with positive things. So for example, like say you, you know, message someone directly or you, I don't know, you see a photos of like, I don't know, you're, you know, some good friends of yours have just been on holiday and you see a bunch of photos of their holiday because, you know, you like them. It's interesting to see, you know, photos of people's holidays. Yeah. So there are lots of individual parts of social media use that are associated with positive things, but it's just social, the way people use it in aggregate is negative yeah. if that makes sense mm-hmm. because like the way it's designed is to make you want to use it as much as possible basically i, d- I just have this sort of like so un- I, underlying intuition that it's like we're heading down a road which is going to be like catastrophic like i think that we're not when you think about evolutionarily yeah. how slowly we adapt to changes in our environment yeah and when you think that your average person was not even like reading books to themselves for the purpose of like their own learning or their own recreation like 200 years ago yeah like most people didn't have that ability right well yeah most well yeah most people right on, like, on earth yeah. certainly yeah that's true and then and then now 200 years later what you have is is people on an everyday basis looking at their shiny phones that are de- like with applications which are designed to not necessarily give them value but appeal to them yeah it's just yeah we've, definitely... se- we've seen the impact that that's had on people and rising rates of like anxiety depression like yeah. i would imagine I, I mean i haven't read anything about specifically saying this but i would imagine that people's social skills are a little bit more well, inhibited yeah than I know. yeah i don't know it's it's interesting i know i mean i was reading this thing about i mean i read this book on called digital Min- minimalism by cal newport about probably the beginning of this year for, for like four or five months ago now and um one of the things that's interesting he talks about talking to this person who works on a, like a college campus in the states who's like a you know they're, they're like a counselor they do like mental health services or whatever yeah and she was saying about how um probably like 10 years ago say the range of first of all like the, the amount of the amount that people are seeing her has increased rapidly but also she was saying the types of things she gets approached with. So it used to be like the kind of, uh, you know, she'd get like a, a, compl- a big mix of different kinds of uh, complaints that people would come forward with, you know, the kind of things you might expect across, on average, across a young population. So you get people with eating disorders, people yeah. with, you know, some people with anxiety and depression, some people with, you know, homesickness, people with, um, you know, all range of different kind of mental issues and a relatively low number of them. And then she said over the past like five or six years, the number of people coming has gone up a lot, but it's almost all related to anxiety. Yeah. It's like all, that's basically, that's now like 80, 80 to 90% of the stuff she deals with now is people complaining about issues with anxiety. So I do wonder if particularly like the kind of constant, I mean, whatever it gives you just is making people more, it just makes people more tense or on edge. I mean, you know, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I agree. I mean, I agree. I think it's probably on balance negative. And there's no there's no doubt in my mind that you can use technology as an absolute good in your life if yeah. you have self control and you regulate your usage. But like most people, I don't think most people have even accepted the need to do that, let alone are trying. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, the way I the way I I treat it for myself personally is I just try to like get rid of it because I I'm aware of like just relying on my own self control is like I'm probably not going to succeed if that makes sense. So it makes sense for me to like put measures in place so i don't have to rely on my own self-control i think the weird thing about it as well is like i don't really enjoy my time on social media oh yeah yeah but i will i will go on it like that's the classic thing is like you sit on like fucking facebook and you like scroll for five minutes and then you're like 
what fuck, like what value did I get out of that, you know? But then you'll find yourself doing it again. Like it's the whole like empty calories thing. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. It would be I don't know. It's difficult. To, it's very difficult to imagine. I mean, it's difficult to imagine. I was just thinking like, do you think that people would well. like get depressed and like as a as a reaction to I it? Think like, you would feel like you would certainly in the sh- very short term. A lot of people would just be like, would, I would be so stoked be like, if I woke cool. up and that happened. Like an EMP just wiped out social yeah. media and no one could recreate it. Yeah, I'd just like be like, a, this is great. It's like a yeah, you get like withdrawal surely. Yeah, because it's quite hard. It's like effectively. I mean, people talk about addiction, and obviously it's not like chemically addictive because it's not a substance. But obviously, people can be addicted to like gambling. You mm. know, people can be addicted to non. You can be addicted to, to like habits. Non, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, in, in a way that probably people lots of are. Lots of people are for social media. I know, it's really... Yeah, it'd be weird. I know, it'd be weird to imagine. It'd be kind of cool. It would be kind of cool. Someone, about... someone should, like, make a, make a like, TV it'd be, series it'd be about weird that. weird organising, like, fucking... Like, when you want to have a party, you just, like... I guess you just email people. Email people or, like, call them up. Like, that's... Uh, so, we, we had a good friend, our old flatmate, Jake. Uh, I talked to his dad once about how he organizes parties because he's a really sociable guy yeah. and he'll have people around and stuff like that and he still does it the way that it was done before yeah, Facebook and stuff calls people up or it, he lives in Gisborne which is a pretty small town 40,000 yeah. people he will drive he'll, for like 10 people he'll drive to their place of work on his like way home drop in be like Oh, oh like, like yeah hey, hey mate out. come around on Friday and like also like sometimes we'll like leave a note like on the I, at the desk or whatever like it's so like, cool i remember that at like not like late high school but like early high school when i was in like yeah maybe like seven through ten ish yeah i remember people were giving like like invites at school they would like have you know like a stack of envelopes yeah and they would like hand them out to people who were invited to their party which made it a bit did make it a bit more gutting if you weren't invited to the party because you knew although i think stuff like that you're because like a problem i'm sure we've complained about on this party i mean on this podcast before is just like people Either, either just like not you know because these days usually if you want to have a party you like create a Facebook event for it yeah which is interesting I, I was reading some article I think I told you this about Jack you this Jack but like apparently a real common thing for kids to do these days is they set up dedicated Instagram accounts so say they're going to have a party they'll create an Instagram account for that party called like party at James's what next Saturday or something and then they'll invite to follow all the people that are getting invited to the parties that's so weird. Yeah, because I think... Surely there'd be a lot of hassle in terms yeah, of the uh, email and I stuff. Thought, yeah, I thought it was... But anyway, but I think cause it's like... I think I'm on... I'm not on Instagram, but... I, my impression is... I think Instagram is like... Instagram is like the main social media platform now for younger people. Yeah. Which is kind of weird to me because it's obviously so limited... You know, it's very limited and it's... It's like visual. Like, yeah, all you can do is post images, but like... Apparently, anyway... Which strikes me as like a very roundabout way of achieving that, but I guess... Because I think Facebook is now perceived probably by young kids to be like an old man's. It's like un- uncool. Yeah, it's like the thing that like your parents are on, whereas like Instagram isn't, which is probably why I'd imagine. See, so it just it. creeps me out the way that the way that especially young younger people than us adapt to the technology. I'm just like, ah, oh. yeah. it's, it's, not, it's not, it's not, it's not right. Yeah, oh, I'm definitely a grumpy. Yeah, old although man. to be fair, like what Jake's Jake's dad was saying is that like you'd definitely be more likely to get to, people... to turn up. Yeah. People people feel actually wanted. Like well, people it, as a friend. Well, it's like a strong, like a sense of having a sense of like so. Because if someone like came around and said, "Oh, do you want to come to my party?" I'm like, "Oh yeah, yeah, I'll go." Then I kind of feel a, a much stronger sense of social obligation to go because yeah. like, oh, if I if I don't go, then I'm going back again. Though to, to, to be person. fair, me and you 
and Halen definitely as well, have a particular philosophy on, which so many people don't share. I think it's kind of weird, but if someone invites me to something, the only reason that I won't go to that thing is if there is something else on else on that I would rather go to. Yeah, especially if it's like, if someone invites you to a party on a weekend, unless there's another thing you're doing that night, so you're already busy, then like, even, you might as well go. I don't know. Even like, if people were like, oh, we're meeting up to do this activity on a like Wednesday night. I will probably go, you know, like, and most people, I think like the default is like maybe not wanting to, but I always want to be around people and have like sort of like social experiences. Yeah, I I often think. So I just find it weird that so many people don't turn up. I would find that if I live, I think if I lived alone, like just by myself, I would, I would have to make a, I would like make much more of an effort to be social. And I think I would like join groups that do things like regularly yeah like like jack and i recently have just you know joined a, a book club oh yeah well it's once a month but yeah it's still uh but like stuff like that is probably good because i i would find if i lived by myself there'd be too much of a risk of me like not being social enough oh, yeah. and if i'm like that I, I get like really miserable oh yeah you do like because you, you're not really uh you're, like, not you're not having like... access to like this super integral aspect well, of I fi- it's just like one-on-one like i remember i was reading this book about a digital minimalism book and like it's i don't know you could make fun of it or whatever there's a chapter in it called um conversation not connection and he just talks about how like when you're having like a uh, in-person one-on-one conversation like we are right now and we're like you know reading each other's body language and like our facial expressions yeah. and all that kind of shit like that the amount of just like social information that is being communicated mm. Is so much is like astronomically so, so much higher more, yeah, than yeah. what you can get through messaging. And he was saying about how, and I, I completely agree with this that like there are people like if you just meet someone and like catch up with them in person, say like once a month, that is worth so much. I think that is like you'll probably like I feel like you'll know that person and feel on like a far better, deeper level on yeah. a better level than if you message them every day. Yeah, but, like didn't meet them. So. I, I agree with that. Uh, also, like I mean, we've all had the. Uh, experience where you're like messaging someone over text and like they just take what you've said in yeah, the wrong way yeah 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 especially it's because just... i like i my text messaging is so sarcastic i mean i guess that like I, I, I are for like i guess that is the actual like that as much as like, i think about emojis is i feel like i should use them because you know they're a normal thing to use and they actually do convey useful information yeah that is the thing because mm. they they can communicate a lot about tone that you can't get through just oh absolutely but often then I'm like, oh, then I'm like, I don't know which emoji to use. So you just use the go-to Halem tongue face emoji. Oh yeah, the tongue face emoji is really, it's the God tier emoji. Um, I think that like, cause I'm a bit of a grammar Nazi. Uh, like I really like punctuation, punctuation, well-structured sentences. It's yeah. just something that for some reason appeals to me. I had to learn about maybe like two years ago to, I stopped putting punctuation on the end of my message. Yeah, I, I, would, I always do that. Yeah, yeah. people take that as like they, a they, they, they take time. it really bad. If you end your message in a full stop, which I would do, just because I'm like, that's right. Yeah, that's like correct. Um, people started like messaging me back, like, like, do we have a problem or like, what, like, why are you upset? And yeah. I'd be like, I'm, I'm not. So, <laughs> so now, and sometimes I'll even end the message in an emoji just to show how jovial and oh, wow. down with the kids I am. <laughs> yeah. Wow, you're such a cool guy. I feel like there, there are topics on this this podcast that we're always going to come back to. Like, I think we sometimes get back to morality. We obviously mm-hmm. always talk about social media. Love Island, for example. It's I mean, just... Love Island. I mean, that's one of that's the, one of the real staples. Oh, that, that what a staple. We but... could just okay. I think at the end, you, are you still going to be in New Zealand when the season of Love Island wraps up? Yeah, but I won't be in Wellington. Uh, okay. 
Or maybe we could do a Skype. I'll, we'll see. I was thinking it might be, you know, because much we talk about it all the time. Maybe we should just have like a proper Love Island wrap-up episode at the end of the season. It would be quite funny to do like a um a companion podcast to Love Island. Oh, I'm sure they exist. Like, surely oh, yeah, there's someone absolutely. in the UK doing one. Well, there is. Uh, I mean, there's also like Love Island After Sun, which is like a show hosted by Caroline Flack, I think, where they get people contestants who've like just left the left the show on. And they kind of talk about their experience. So weird. Yeah, I, I feel think... like Love Island's not good for a person. You know what I mean? Like, oh, probably... oh, for like the actual the people, the contestants. Yeah, I think it really oh, yeah. fucks with them. Yeah. Oh, I mean, it's just such a. I mean, probably. I'd imagine like other like I've never watched Big Brother or something like that but imagine those kind of it's just like you're putting people in a really confined environment like a very unnatural social environment where they're also being like filmed 24-7 but the th- the reason that Love Island is so good as well is like even though it's unnatural it's also very natural like yeah. the things that happen are like you see analogues of, of those like sort of like interactions in your own life yeah and you, th- there's something quite relatable about it or I do love like people where just like they're like shit chat yeah and, like, I, 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 and I, when i say shit chat i don't even necessarily mean like and i, I mean that in their chat is just literally bad like when like, it's not like for example when two people like you know so say a guy say you're like coming onto a girl at a party and you're trying to like flirt with them a lot of the time like the flirting chat is just objectively bad because a lot of the time guys are just not very good at it yeah but obviously like so many guys are not good at it they're like a lot of the time the girl will recognize that the guy is like you know they'll still be keen even though the guys chat is shit so you just like two people coming onto each other in a kind of awkward shitty like they're, they're clearly like just you know the conversation's a bit awkward but they're both still like obviously keen well like my, my favorite is when people are being shady yeah but they like they they are making their excuses you know like they're trying to they're trying to come across in like the least offensive way possible but like they're doing something which is like objectively shitty and it's yeah and because you're getting all these different perspectives and you know what's really going on but not all the people in the villa do yeah you get to see how dishonest people often are in their like interactions with others like being very selective about the commute like the the information that they decide to share um, the thing is, is in Love Island, if you're on Love Island, there is, if the only way to prevent information from spreading is to just not tell anyone, because yeah. like, even if you tell someone not, there's no way that information, because the thing is, I think the people in there are so bored. You, it never doesn't spread though. And yeah. my, my question is, if something happens, right, which the cameras see, a, a piece of drama which would blow up, and they, and both people just decide not to do or say anything about it would the producers intervene because like it's this quality drama that could happen that's... yeah because can they can they be like you have to go and tell someone that? yeah i'm not sure it's they, they could do yeah i i would love I mean... because in in reality like I, I was talking with halem about this the other day i have things that i would happen and i wouldn't want people to know about it yeah. And I just never tell anyone. Yeah. You know? And he's, you know, Halem agreed. He's got the same things, right? <laughs> yeah, so in yeah, reality, yeah. that it's probably normal, ha- yeah. happens quite a lot. Yeah. But like, on the show, it never happens because every piece of, you know, drama or action, you, you, we're seeing it on camera, we know it happens, and then inevitably, one of the parties involved shares that with someone yeah else. i mean that it's it, maybe just because it so is bored. really difficult i mean i would love to see like a behind the scenes like more than just about anything a love island behind the scenes i think would be absolutely fascinating yeah and i don't know it's it's very i know like it's kind of hard to tell like how much of a kind of how much the producers are like putting their fingers on the scales yeah 
Because they definitely are to some degree. And like, I've heard... But they can't do it too much, otherwise I think the show would be less Well, like, I've heard some people, someone said this to me, I don't know how they knew about it, but someone I know just said this to me when we were having a... When we were getting a... When we were um, at a BYO the other night. How did you organise that? As I didn't organise it. I was was it was a, it on social media? It was. Well, it was through messaging. It wasn't, oh, okay. No one actually created an event. And um, anyway... Um, what was I going to say? Yeah, and apparently, like, the, the producers will literally just talk over loudspeakers and they'll be like, Michael, you need to go talk to such and such about this. That's so strange. Yeah. Well, anyway, Cal, you are uh, going home to spend some time with your parents. It's a university break at the moment. Yeah. So I will let, let you... Uh, let you leave because you need to catch a bus to get to the airport. Yep. But it's been it's been a great conversation. Yeah, it's good to just good to have another episode, just the two of us. Just the two of us, a fireside chat, if you will. <laughs> uh, thank you to the audience for li- listening as usual. Uh, awesome to have done forty episodes. Uh, there's quite a lot, really. Yeah, it's actually that's a decent number. Yeah. As always, you can message your own like uh, hypothetical questions or feedback uh, to stayinguplatezero at gmail.com that'll be in the description down below the video Uh, thanks so much guys yeah thanks for listening get some rest